Welcome once again to another Oscar Race Checkpoint, another episode brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike. In a moment, we are now living in a post-Super Bowl, post-BAFTAs, pre-Oscars world. Uh, Mike, a lot of stuff happened last night on Sunday as we record this Monday, February 3rd. What do we want to tackle first, the big game? 1917, though, is looking like a fourth-quarter Kansas City Chiefs right now. What are you doing? Why? Do you, why? Because it's true. No. Because Andy Reid is Sam Mendes oh, in a God. strange alternate universe. Because the people of Kansas City are uh, are rejoicing, just like the uh, production crew of 1917. Let me tell you what happened last night. All right, the biggest <laughs> events as far as my Oscars involvement that happened last night is I became a giant fan of Hustlers. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't care less about what's happening this Sunday. Shakira <laughs> and J-Lo were terrific. J-Lo shunned the Academy last night is what happened. She was out of this world. And for people who were upset about Hustlers, she doubled down. Oh, yeah. She went right. That. Which is what we predicted would happen. I mean, yes. she, we said that the Academy has a chance to look really foolish because J-Lo can put on a show. There's no one that can convince me that what she did during the halftime show last night wasn't a giant middle finger to everyone that, that voted against her didn't put her on their ballots because she just did her hustlers routine on a show in front of a billion people and everybody like either they were impressed with j-lo or they were wondering what the hell shaquille's little to the camera was but those were the fallouts from last night's halftime show i don't remember shakira's meme back in high school and college <laughs> but i remember a lot of shakira she was always fun to listen to and, and of course j-lo was more high school for me yes. but uh totally uh brought me back yeah uh, that halftime show and what a great thing for miami what a great thing yeah. for uh fans uh, of both artists they they crushed it i, I thought tweeted that out show. that j-lo and shakira were the only two people who watched once upon a time in hollywood this year and wondered <laughs> what the big deal was about brad pitt's abs because those two women are just out of this world 43 and, and 50. oh my god are you kidding me? yeah are you kidding Rewriting me? Rewriting the, the age books, if those are things? <sighs> we, got, we got to get in, Lord. get in the gym, Mike. <laughs> we could be booty shaking like they were last night at some point, maybe for one of our halftime shows. But yes, all right, so the big game happened. Kansas City, big comeback. You did the parallel to 1917 here. That's obviously the leader in the clubhouse. A lot of good football, I thought. Yeah. A lot of good offensive football. I was analyzing it as a coach, which was fun. Nobody wants to hear that now. <laughs> what they do want to hear, though, is tons of movie parodies during commercials groundhog day fargo love that groundhog the shining day. to yeah. name a few uh are you in for any of those remakes you know winona riders fargo bill murray and old groundhog day or brian cranston shining uh i would see bill murray like read the phone book. Sure, sure yeah sure. so and i was very excited jeep actually showed a preview of that commercial before the game started yeah and they just showed the clock going to 6 a.m and sunny and shares i got you babe playing which just spoke right to my heart so i was all excited to see it and it finally did air i think they're in late in the third quarter um but yeah if they want to do a groundhog's day sequel I'm, I'm all for it i don't know if i want a remake of any of those but that's the one i'm most excited for if they wanted to go forward with it very true and then how about the trailers we had fast nine we had black widow we had the new 
Disney Plus Marvel shows coming out. Anything stand out for you in the trailers? I imagine you're very excited about the Disney Plus shows. Yeah, they look great. I just want like release dates for all of them. I want to know <laughs> when they're coming out. I guess I cannot unsubscribe to Disney Plus, even though I haven't watched it much at all. I watched Heavyweights. I was wondering great. if Disney Plus, I was going to tweet that out too. Is it worth having at this point? Disney I Plus? watched Short Circuit, too, which is all their animated short films okay. of the last year, which was awesome. There was like 16 short films, or 12, I don't remember. Right. I watched them all really, really fast, and it was a lot of fun, the filmmakers talk and everything. So that was cool. Like I said, I watched a few throwbacks, but there's no new original right. series that's what that I was I'm wondering. watching right like, now. The Mandalorian's over, so what are people paying this eight bucks to have They right just now? got me hooked. Yeah. It's just that Disney wins. I shouldn't talk. I have had CBS All Access from like there watching Big Brother live feeds three years ago and just have <laughs> never canceled it so i hear you um for what i'm most excited about well i don't know if this is excitement but we haven't had a chance to cover the trailer yet the fast nine trailer in what world was the pitch meeting where john cena can play vin diesel's brother right everyone will buy that <laughs> like well how did that get through to this point they are leaning into the awesomely <laughs> badness of this but what i wanted to ask you is john cena and the rock they apparently have a thing how do as you drop the ball on this rivals like the only reason I'm excited about this movie at all is because John Cena and The Rock are in the same cinematic universe, and we don't even get the tease of the stare down in the trailer. I'm hoping it's a post-credit scene that The Rock's. Not, I understand The Rock's got his own spinoff ding, now, ding. right? Rocky right, exactly. <laughs> like you gotta give us something here. But I, I, I don't know. That was disheartening to me to, to not see those two going at it. It was the same as like when I, The Rock's Black Adam never showed up right, with anything right, with Shazam. Right. Well, that's probably coming, though. Yeah. That showdown in one way, shape, or form. They have to. I hope so, right? That's Isn't that the reason you hire Cena? <laughs> like, isn't that the whole appeal of bringing him in? Perhaps. I don't know. I'm asking you. I, I, hope, think, the, uh, I hope priority number one on that list of, like, let's get John Cena in here was, wasn't a list of A-list Hollywood celebrity. Who can most believably play Vin Diesel's long-lost brother? Is it Cena? Yeah, he's good enough. Get him in here. That makes no sense. Ridiculous. I laughed out loud when he said that. <laughs> All right, let's get into the BAFTAs, though, Mike. we got a lot to talk about, all the winners. Uh, let's start off with the tallies. Uh, of course, Joker had the most nominations coming into the night. Irishman in Hollywood with 10. Uh, Joker with 11. 1917 with 9. Jojo Rabbit with 6. Little Women, Marriage Story, The Two Popes with 5. Parasite, Four Simon, Rocket Man with 4. Bob Show, Judy, Ford V, Ferrari, Star Wars with 3. Bay with 2. The winner tallies went this way. They all went to 1917. Seven wins on the night. Joker had three. Parasite with two. Otherwise, it was spread out. This is the end. <laughs> he knows this where he's putting it in. It's, it's over. It's probably over. It's done. They had a home game, and they routed So the I kept saying going in, I don't think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood needed needed BAFTA to win. I stand by that. But what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood couldn't afford to have happen was 1917 sweep, essentially. Production design hurts. And And win everything, even though it had those holes. One best film, I think, it lost a couple other ones. I could still make the case, but it did so convincingly. And then also, obviously, I mean, original screenplay going to Parasite. That's Now we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, maybe one for ten. The Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, maybe one for twenty on the night come Oscar Sunday. Unbelievable to think about, you know, a couple months ago where the Irishman had the cat burnt seat. Obviously, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was an early favorite by all the pundits' choices, too. 
And uh, we, we understand after talking to Eric Weber and whatnot that, uh, that you know, being an early favorite doesn't always mean anything. Obviously, it, it happens sometimes where the early favorite does go the distance. In this case, 1917 is just, you know, swooped in and taken all the momentum. Here is an interesting stat, though. Okay. The best film at BAFTA yeah. and that crossover with Oscar's best picture is not great. 28 out of 73 for 38%. Yeah, and we've covered why, right? I mean, it's because they usually use that moment to propel an English film that's probably not the leader in the clubhouse for Best Picture at the Oscars into a more serious spot in the race. This time, they happen to have the good fortune of having a British film or a European film, however you want to classify 1917, as being the front runner for Best Picture. So I I don't think that stat matters as much this year. I would agree. Uh, I think 1917 is the leader. Parasite's clearly number two. I don't know how Parasite could pass 1917 right now, especially with all that seems to be working against a film like Parasite when it comes to the Academy. So I think this race is pretty much done. It's probably locked up. We will have our final predictions this week with an expert guest to boot. Best director went to Sam Mendes from 1917. That crossover stat 17 out of 51, Mike, which is terrible. Only 33%. That again, does it mean much this year? Because the BAFTAs were just like picking. European yeah. I mean, that's winners what the BAFTAs do. years. Right. British and European winners constantly. I think the BAFTAs have a lot of, their stats have a lot of relevance if we're looking at a year like this year. When there mm-hmm. ha- when there's an international, well, international in quotes, but a European film that is the front runner, mm-hmm. like 1917, then it, it's important. And that's why I was so baffled by its resume. Because sure. If you're missing editing, I mean, 1917 made history. It wins best film. First time the BAFTAs best film winner lacks an editing, screenplay, or acting nom of any right. kind. This is the first time it's ever happened in history. So that's why I was so confused because it was a home game. So I think the BAFTA stats say a lot when it's this specific circumstance that an English film is the front runner uh, in multiple big categories. That's obviously not the case every year. And when it's not the case, the BAFTAs try to propel their people forward. That probably accounts for why these low correlation stats and crossover stats are, are happening. Mm-hmm. As far as what happened with the best director, it's been Mendy's all along, right? And people, this category flipped early and it's been static ever since. It's going to continue. They go for the huge technical achievement. Yeah. We, we talked about the DG and the director's branch going that way. I think uh, Mendes is in line for it, and that would be a uh, shocking upset if uh, Bong Joon-ho does take it from him at that last second. So just to play uh, kind of, to have a little fun with it, are you more surprised if Parasite upsets in Best Picture, or are you more surprised if Parasite upsets in Best Director at oh, this point? Oh, that's a tough one at this point. I, I would be more surprised at Director at this point. Yeah. I, I think, think Best Picture, I think I agree you, you could still make the argument right. that uh, preferential balloting may go towards Parasite at the end of the day, that 1917 does have some terrible you know lapses in its resume building, so that, that could make some sense. Uh, and plus, you know, Parasite still got a nice ovation last night, and it, it could happen that Parasite does, you know, become that last second darling. Not that it's last second, but the, it's a resurgence we sure. talked about with Eric It Weber. needs something to yeah. happen to get to that point right now. Correct. The four acting awards went chalk. Mike, Joaquin Phoenix, Renee Zellweger, Brad Pitt, who wasn't even there, and Laura Dern. So we're, these are locked up at this point. The sweeps are on. It is what it is. Did you see anything that would give you any pause in picking any one of these four in your prediction? Well, I guess that's not even a fair question, so let me phrase it like this. Well, the answer is no. Right, I mean, I, exactly. I mean, how could you? So I guess the, the the more interesting question is, we asked at the last episode, too, if you had to pick one to be upset at this point after seeing what happened at the BAFTAs, where would you place your bet? 
Based on you know, once upon a time in Hollywood's loss of momentum, I'd probably say Brad yeah, Pitt. Maybe. To be honest, I know Pitt, you said Pitt's he was not going to. He's I, not going to lose. I don't that. think yeah. any of them are I getting agree upset with at this tough. point. They're all sweeping like 2014. We're partying like it's the mid tens. <laughs> what, what did we call that decade? Nobody came up with names for these. We decades. gave up the after, aughts, yeah. and then what? Everybody expected Y2K for the world to explode. So That's after right. that, it was just oh, boy, we can't keep Kelb accountable for but this. Now we got to burn this world up. But apparently, the 20s are going to be the roaring 20s again. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? Uh, so no surprises in the acting uh, categories. Uh, chalk at this point. It looks pretty chalk up and down the board, but there's still going to be reason to celebrate if these things come to fruition on Oscar Sunday. I mean, Renee Zellweger winning her second, Brad Pitt winning her fir- his first, Laura Dern winning her first, uh, Joaquin winning his first, Sam Mendes winning his second if these things all happen. These are big moments in Oscar's history. They helped themselves with the speeches, you know, other than Brad Pitt. Even Brad Pitt with Margot Robbie reading his speech. Yeah. He continues to make jokes. Who are his ghostwriters? We don't know. Or is he just this I funny? Think ch- I, listen, if you go back and watch any Brad Pitt interview, he's, he's just chill. This is just what the guy is. He's a dude that happens to be incredibly hot that somebody <laughs> probably found one day as a casting director and was like, you need to be in movies. All the like, movies. All right. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Joaquin's speech I thought was incredible. And Good. to see this guy go from how he was made fun of at the Golden Globes for his speech, by us including, I mean, yes. we're guilty of that, uh, to where he was at the SAG Awards, giving chumming it up and giving credit to his co-nominees to where he is now making this big claim about underrepresentation in film and how people of color are kind of oppressed by these voting bodies yeah. and I, it's just it was incredible i i I'm, i stand for it and uh i'm surprised i'm yeah. surprised he didn't rap I'm, I'm glad he didn't rap, and he's got it sewn up. So I'm not job. glad he didn't rap. I All wish right. he would have. Well, the two screenplay categories might be the most fascinating yeah. developments in this Oscar season at this stage, Mike. We got Let's start with original screenplay. Obviously, the one snub in terms of nominations was 1917 yeah. from this five. Booksmart was in here. Parasite wins the BAFTA. We're going to talk about the WGA in a second. In terms of the crossover, there are 11 of the last 20, 5 of the last 10, 14 of the 36 years in total. It's only 38%, but again, you know, BAFTA's been picking them right at a higher percentage lately. What did you think of Parasite's big win here? Shocking. I, I really, this is the first time that this boat's kind of been rocked, and I thought this category was pretty wrapped up, but now if Tarantino does go on to lose this category, which is a legitimate chance to happen now, you can't His say face it's not. too. Yeah, he was not happy. Uh, he was not, I think he was a little surprised and not very pleased to see that go down, and that was a, immediately a meme. Although I didn't appreciate how this narrative was going on on film Twitter, that people were calling him a racist, and it's like, good for the racist for losing. It's like, oh. do do a little research, maybe. Yeah, but come on. Yeah. Anyway, that aside, this is a very surprising outcome. And now the storyline has to be, if Bong Joon-ho wins, how much of Tarantino's WGA-ness staying away from that voting body and never joining the WGA is going to end up costing him an Oscar here. It might not have cost him in 94. Mm-hmm. It might not have cost him with Django Unchained because those were kind of runaway wins for him because the quality of those screenplays, the the level of the box office, they those were the phenomena picks 
that year. Those are the cool picks right. in both of those years. So this particular year, we said it from the beginning, was probably going to be a closer race. I was actually surprised when he won both the Critics' Choice and the Globe. And the Globe I just being, thought it was Oscar's puzzle. I thought they were right. giving Tarantino his screenplay because he wasn't going to be the picture director, you know? So the WGA membership might be the deciding factor in a close race for him this year. And unfortunately, it's going to go against him. Eerily similar to, uh, to his... Inglorious Bastards campaign doesn't win at the BAFTAs. Everyone thinks he should win at the Oscars, gets upset there as well. So I don't feel good about this, Michael. You shouldn't. I mean, he won <laughs> with uh, two voting bodies that don't have any Oscar crossover, and now he's lost with the. Obviously, the WGA was programmed in, but I thought he needed BAFTA tonight to. Yeah. to well, BAFTA, translate. I thought. BAFTA, I thought, would have shut the door at least. Like, I thought, okay, yeah. you, can, you can pick Tarantino pretty confidently to win that Oscar. Right and, and and once upon a time in Hollywood to win two Oscars on the night and now I mean you, I don't you think can't you can pick, pick them more than one and feel good about it right the WGA crossover is fourteen of the last twenty that's seventy percent it's twenty two out of thirty six total which is only sixty one percent they're also five of the last ten though Moonlight was in this category original uh, instead of adapted which it won at the Oscars so that could be a twenty third I don't know where to give Moonlight credit and and these two crossover stats but. I just try to speak vague when that happens. Like, <laughs> yes, past winners have won Oscars. <laughs> it's happened throughout right. history. You want you want specifics? Go somewhere else. All right. <laughs> I counted this number, but right. this number could also be counted. Mike, I think Parasite's having a a strong end of the season. Sure, it, it is definitely taking its place aside. Nineteen seventeen, looking like the next biggest winner of the night. I don't know who's responsible for this portion of a wards campaign. Whoever it is, whether it's Neon, whether it's Bong Joon-ho's people, whether it's Parasite's people that, that made the film, because remember, Neon just purchased it. They weren't actually in the production of yep, it. But yep. whoever is responsible for getting the Parasite cast, crew, director behind and front of the scenes on all these magazine covers and getting these features. I just saw another one today. I think it was W has has one of the members of the cast on yeah. this cover. Like all these, it's been spectacular. They're having a strong finish because they're everywhere still currently and credit to them for being so. This has been a magnificent way to end a campaign. They've had the theatrical re-release. They've put it on VOD yeah. just in time so the audience is catching up Good point. to what everybody's talking about. And it, it, I do think there's a wave of momentum Momentum. And the way Parasite and their cast and crew, the, the kind of ovations they've gotten in the room, the way they've you know conducted themselves and campaigned, you're absolutely right. A masterful job. Just by, imagine if it had them. a good half hour, too, well, to finish. Most you people. Imagine? Most people. <laughs> my mind is blown thinking of such things. Most people don't have issues. My brother, who just saw it, was kind of happy with the ending, too. Uh, he's an idiot. Well, <laughs> You I lived with him. <laughs> are the one standout in this regard. You and Ryan L. Terry. I have never been more sure that I'm <laughs> right about something that so many people are wrong about. I, 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 it boggles my mind. At this stage of the game, it boggles my mind. I, I failed. I failed to argue you down. I guess that's what had to happen. And this, these are the repercussions. I tried to be diplomatic during our OSP, and I did it. I, did, I didn't argue you down. I didn't turn off the recorder and just scream at you like I should have. I, I can't. Until 
I'm I very did, I, excited for Sunday to be over. For once, I didn't have that competitive killer instinct, and I didn't compete. I didn't get after you. And look what's happened, folks. A monster was created by my negligence. This is what happens when good people do nothing. This is that same principle. Wow. This is what happens. What a soapbox. You are an evil villain in this scenario. We got to move it to adapted screenplay before I say anything else that I'm going to regret. Mike, we had the Oscar five being nominated and to our surprise going into this week i don't i think this is legit a legitimate surprise going into the week because little women wins a script or more on that in a minute jojo rabbit wins here glad to see that they win wga i mean i guess if we we can't pick little women it's probably both of our sentimental favorites yeah for me as a screenwriter i still say little women's my best of the year Jojo Rabbit is right there with Yeah, it. that's how I feel, too. If it's not one, it's the other. So I have no problem whatsoever with this, and I'm glad to see it's getting its due. We were talking about a couple days ago, a couple episodes ago, how Jojo Rabbit, we kind of wish it had a moment for itself yes. because it seemed to have be underrepresented in this whole lead-up to award season. This has been a moment for it. WGA this weekend was a big moment for it, and now it looks like it could be the favorite for adapted screenplay going into this Sunday, so that's awesome. I'm glad to see it. Probably got to be considered as much. Eight of the last 20, though, three of the last 10, 11 of the last 36, or, you know, 11 of the 36. That BAFTA crossover is not great. It's only at 30% and change there. Does it matter again in the tr- in a truncated reward season? Does that movie of the last moment kind of give people permission to finally vote for? I mean, obviously the Oscar voting is open now. Yeah, we got two days left, and that's I mean, this is an interesting case because I think these two major reward shows happening back to back, and then leading up to two open days of voting. I kind of expect the Baptist to have maybe mean more this year than than others because of this truncated award season and. I wouldn't be surprised to see JoJo win. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised at all at this stage. Let's look at the scripter for a hot second. They have picked eight out of the last ten. Ten yeah. of the last twenty, though. So they, you know, have trouble. And, you know, the further you go back, fourteen of thirty-one at forty-five percent. Little Women won the scripter. We thought it was going to go that way tonight. Uh, last night, it didn't happen though. No, Little Women. But what's most impressive from this is that Little Women and JoJo. This is a two-picture field, it feels like, and the Irishman isn't one of those two. Zalian not getting the respect vote, the legacy vote that we thought he'd get. I mean, he's won before, so maybe that's why it is, but also, you know, the Irishman might might have been too long. And your wish came true, too. It didn't even win VFX, so now we're talking the Irishman might go 0 for 10. Probably going 0 for 10. Probably at this stage. WGA also voted for Jojo Rabbit. They've picked 7 out of the last 10, 13 out of the last 20, 23 out of 34 in total. That's a 67% crossover, a much better Very interesting, there. too, considering how low the crossover stats have been, but this one... For whatever reason, they get right two out of every three years. There's a lot of big names involved. No Country to the Party broke back. Those were easy picks. Slumdog Millionaire, Argo the Descendants, The Big Short, Call Me By Your Name. couple sweeps involved there. Imitation Game. You know, Driving Miss Daisy, Dances with Wolves. A lot of movies that were going on to win mm-hmm. Best Picture, like Silence of the Lambs and Schindler's List, Forrest Gump. Again, Sense and Sensibility. All those were kind of runaways, I would think, in terms of this category. So, uh, we, you know, we'd have to do retrospectives to really pinpoint all that, but... But it does seem like they picked more obvious winners where the other award shows were still kind of figuring things out. 
You know, I mean, especially the BAFTAs. I mean, the BAFTAs were figuring things out. What did they want to be? They became that, you know, Oscar precursor in the truest sense of the word. Only lately, they've always been, you know, pumping their own stuff before that. So, What's the purpose of the voting? Exactly. So I think uh, WGA, I mean, that that, that win means a lot, especially lately. I think the guilds are kind of the most important indicators out of what we're learning these last couple years, especially with those. I mean, the crossover numbers are back and forth, but they seem to be pretty consistently at 60% or above i mean it's things like directors are like close to 80 percent. so i think the guilds are where you look and that's where a lot of them do so it's always surprising when a guild pick doesn't cross over to one of these major award shows uh and i I, have we had i don't think we had that i mean the parasite guild is kind of the biggest indicator Mm -hmm. because once upon a time in hollywood wasn't nominated at the guilds because it couldn't have been it goes on to have success at bafta giving it the opportunity by not being there so it's a close race that guilds matter certainly deciding vote well let's get into the undercard a lot of things to say because we haven't really covered some of the the latter guild awards as well cinematography at the baftas went to 1917 and roger deakins the american society of cinematography uh also went to 1917 the lighthouse got the spotlight award that's little play on words right they have to have given the lighthouse the spotlight, spotlight award. award oh i guess so. right yeah i, I mean what is that. a lighthouse if not a spotlight they're also a society of cinematographers <laughs> not of cinematography but uh, i do uh, i do think deacons is running away with this obviously categories are yeah editing is more interesting i would say because the man's 66 won the bafta <laughs> Which I'm not going to try and pronounce in terms of acronyms go. I think uh, Parasite being snubbed from the nominations in editing here makes a difference because Parasite won the Ace Editing. Won the Ace Eddie, and then Jojo Rabbit won for comedy or musical. Parasite won for drama at the Ace Eddies. So that couldn't happen here. Right. So maybe Ford v. Ferrari winning is not as uh, strong uh, a vote. Well, I think Ford v. Ferrari... A lot of people assumed going in, going in, it yeah. would be editing and the sound categories. Sure. So maybe this is just the default, like you said, since Parasite wasn't available, they just go to with their next pick. But I haven't done the work yet. Didn't do the research. Uh, ate a lot of chicken wings last <laughs> night. <laughs> so, but I would love to know how many times it's happened where a editing Oscar win wasn't even nominated at the Baftas. Because that could be what we have here. I mean, if Ford Ferrari doesn't win it, you would think it's going to be Parasite at the Oscars. So that's going to be interesting to see how that hashes out. But editing, maybe we have more of a battle than we thought, too. So I'm just seeing your laptop on one side of the table and a plate of chicken wings was, on the other. There was no electronics. It and, was just sauce yeah. <laughs> and me wiping my shirt. I would prefer that you had the two choices and you just <laughs> went towards the one. Drinking blue cheese. Perfect time to talk about costume design. Michael. My costume was covered in buffalo sauce. The, the Oscar snub from the BAFTA 5 nominations was Joker. Judy was nominated instead. The Costume Designers Guild went Knives Out, Jojo Rabbit, and Maleficent. <laughs> The winner in the costume category last night at the uh, uh, BAFTAs was Little Women. So nobody knows what's going on. Nobody <laughs> knows. Everybody was thinking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right. might take this. Jojo Rabbit was winning guilds. That You know, the, the biggest name to win that guild, obviously. And now Little Women, probably rightfully sure. so. And it's also the closest, I've brought this point up too in the past, it's yeah. the closest thing we have to a period piece, which usually gets represented at this award. The merit-based argument, to me, oh, is, yeah. oh, is sure. Little Women. Sure. It makes some sense there. Although 
I do think more the more iconic costume over time is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just think yeah, those looks are going to go down. Maybe. I To me, it's Little Women still. I want to buy a yellow turtleneck with a leather brown leather coat. All right. For you, you, you want to dress up. I have to talk about it now because we're not going to be talking about it on Sunday. No, we're not. <laughs> Mike, production design, again, once yeah. upon a time in Hollywood, losing momentum, even though the uh, Art Directors Guild went for once upon a time in Hollywood in terms of uh, period piece, contemporary production design went to Parasite, fantasy went to Avengers Endgame, but guess who the BAFTAs picked? 1917. And this is one of those that is indicative of, I think, British film. It's not saying it doesn't deserve it. Okay, merits. so you think this is a? a I think it's exception. a show of strength. Okay. I think it's a show of strength. But but I'm not saying 1917 doesn't deserve it because we were baffled as to why people weren't making a bigger deal about 1917's production right. design. I mean, it looks incredible. And so it again, adds to the produ- yeah. literal production, and it, it's important to the production right. based on their gimmick. So again, I would not be surprised if 1917 wins this at the Oscars either. This is going to be a hard undercard to pick. It, is. it really is. Uh, we're going to have a fun. Or we're going to be scared of that predictions episode I'm, I'm coming up. I'm just going once upon a time in Hollywood in a sweep and then not watching. Here's what's not much of a question at this point. Makeup and hair went to bombshell at the BAFTAs. The MUAs, the makeup and hair, uh, not society. I don't know what H stands for. I should have wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bom- makeup and hair. Oh, makeup <laughs> and hair. The makeup and hairs. Yeah. They went bombshell Joker and Downton Abbey for the guild there. Obviously, Bombshell is running away with this thing. Is this the greatest call yeah. in MMO history? I mean, I just want a little credit here. I've been giving you credit constantly. I'm very upset about Hollywood, Michael. You're vulnerable. Right <laughs> like now. a wounded animal. You outscreamed me in the makeup and hair segment. No, I, th- I think it is. <laughs> I think it is worthy, right? Right. I mean, Bombshell probably Looks deserves great. this, if nothing else. So. You were right. Yeah. But you're not always right. But you were right then. I'm certainly not always right. Original, that is for sure. Original <laughs> score went to Hildur Gunadatir from Joker, and she seems to be running away with this thing. How much of that do you think is merit-based, and how much of that is following the leader? Because well, this was a great year for score. It has been a great year for score. Again, my favorite's been the Little Women score. Jojo Rabbit was a fun score. 1917 was an yeah. unmistakable, undeniably I good score. I Marriage Story in there, too. I thought Marriage Story true, had a great score. True, So uh, that was the one one snub from the BAFTA five nominations right. marriage story. But my point is all these great scores, we've all talked about what a great year it is for scoring yet every award show. It's Hilder, Hilder, Hilder. When we reviewed Joker, we were blown away. It's outstanding. That it's, again, I'm not score. taking anything. I think these, they're getting the winners right for the most part. I, okay. I don't think, I'm not trying to take it away from the merits, but because all the nominees have been so great in this category, especially, I'm True. surprised there hasn't been more diversity. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, cinematography makes sense that that's a sweep. I agree. This I agree. one, because of the quality of the other nominees, we would have thought they yeah. would have gotten some love. No, she's running away with it, yeah. and good for her. She's having a terrific two years with Chernobyl in this mm-hmm. film. Let's move on to sound now, Mike. We had 1917 winning on the night, but the guilds are saying different things. We have the Cinema Audio Society of Sound, you know, the Sound Mixing Guild. They had Ford v. Ferrari, Toy Story 4, and Apollo 11. Ford v. Ferrari is the name to pay attention to there. In terms of the MPSE, the Sound Edit, Motion Picture Sound Editors Guild. Look at you. Wow, I got I got that acronym. I should have wrote these down. You can get that, but you can't get hair. The Mua. <laughs> the Muas. Anyway, Ford v. Ferrari took it there, but 1917 and JoJo Rabbit also came away with awards there, so maybe that's not sewn up. 1917 with uh, a possibility there. And 1917 won a BAFTAs. 1917 won a BAFTAs. Again, does that mean... 
that's going to be 1917 and Ford v. Ferrari, right? But that's I, how we feel. But here's the thing. Now, if we pick our split, we'll probably pick Ford v. Ferrari sound mixing and then sound editing 1917. And the winner is Star Wars. Star Wars, the winner. <laughs> probably. Something weird. Beep, boop, 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 boop. All the robot sounds win again. Mike. It'd be amazing if that was the guy's acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy from Police Academy? <laughs> I am not him. That's what I'm trying to say. I am not him for Police Academy and Spaceballs. I can't what a phenomenal. I will look it up. Go was. on. All right. VFX. We got to talk about VFX because we finally have 1917 showing its strength. It hasn't done that throughout award season. The Visual Effects Society picked The Lion King, The Irishman, and Missing Link. The BAFTAs went 1917 for their winner. You're still looking up Michael that. Winslow. Michael right? Winslow yeah. from. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was a sound effects maestro. Yeah, yeah, for years. Outstanding. He has nothing to do with VFX though. So, you are you happy that the Lion King gets overlooked here? I'm not as happy as you are that the Irishman didn't win this, right? I mean, you this has been your campaign all year long. I think it's been. I think the Irishman <laughs> VFX were terrible. They ruined the movie that it's getting nominated. Makes me angry. But the Oscar five was in here, and they picked 1917. They went with the practical effects that are also kind of a nod to the 1917 editing and the 1917 yes. editors because a lot of those visual effects actually turned into edits. And this goes to, again, I don't understand the BAFTA's nomination resume, whatever, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. 1917 was a runaway train, and they did exactly what they do with every British film. Like, should 1917 have won VFX? It's arguable, at least, but yeah, I could see them winning it, but they did, they voted 1917 to win VFX because they voted 1917 to win everything. Right. The obvious question is, where the fuck are the other nominations for 1917, then, if this is how you felt about it anyway? Like, where's its editing nomination? Where's its screenplay nomination? Where's, where's McKay, you know, like... Like Eric Weber said, I don't know what the Brits are going to do. They're going to do something strange and all these 30% crossover stats at the top of the card there. Now it's they're starting to make some sense. Right. So who knows? Who knows how it's going to play? I do think it throws some some fun wrenches into it. My guess is that 1917 is going to win some of these at the Oscars, but we've got to pick which ones, which is going to make for a difficult predictions episode once again. It is. Something to, to look forward to. I'm and tease. so much money. We are going to look like... I won money on the coin weirdos i heard yeah good job howard happy about that howard ratner my partner it's been tails four years in a row mike just beating the odds that's what i do wow <laughs> international film who says a coin has two sides huh i'm sorry <laughs> go on can i go on yeah, parasite I'm, I'm parasite one international film there's no surprise there although i'm, so I'm slightly surprised that for sama well, Forsama, I thought, was going to win at least one. It did win documentary. I thought it might upset 1917 for best British film. That didn't happen. That went to 1917, yeah, of course. Yeah, we've seen that happen. showing some strength here, but it's a home game for Forsama in, in, a, in a certain guise, I guess. I don't know, because obviously it's made in Syria, but yeah. British filmmaker. You're covering two two categories here. Parasites, the runaway with international film. Yep. I, I think. What are you gonna do? I mean, this is gonna be. This is happening. This is going to happen. This is it's happening. going to be. Especially if it doesn't win Best Picture, they're going to make sure it wins international. Right. Film, if nothing else. Documentary. Who knows? I mean, you've been the biggest advocate for Forsama. A lot of people out there like it. I know, but I think this is just for the third year in a row. It's fraud. This category is, is lacking its leader. I think Forsama is a superior film. I know you have American been on Factory. record saying that. You have been on saying that. That's what I think. I wonder if. And you like are... it more than Apollo 11. 
I do like it yeah. more than Apollo 11. I wonder if the cave being in there, being another uh, mm-hmm. Syrian medical documentary based on the heroes involved in that real-life nightmare, I wonder if that cannibalizes the vote. Maybe that's what uh, pundits are thinking. Yeah, but maybe because, you know, the, we just had the documentary award, you know, awards, the guild there, pick American Factory as well. Who knows, Michael? All, I'm, all I know is I'm going to be upset if Honeyland wins. <laughs> That's what I know. Anyway, animated uh, feature, we had Frozen 2, Claws, Shaun the Sheep, and Toy Story 4 as the nominees. I Lost My Body, Missing Link, How to Train Your Dragon were snubbed. Claws wins this award. Claws won the Annie Award. I Lost My Body also picked like an independent feature. Annie up at that award show. Toy Story 4 was shut out at the Annie's, which was shocking. Yeah, that's crazy. Toy Story 4 losing a lot of momentum yeah. recently. Does Claws take this thing? No. <laughs> you don't think so? No. Think- I really don't. I think it's going to be Toy Story because of the whole Disney. I-, I can't imagine Disney not getting default votes in a year that's kind of down for this category. I think the thinking will be, well, just pick the Disney movie anyway, especially wow. since there's only one in the category. I don't know. I may be changing my pick to Claws at this point. After it could be right. Annies, I mean, who knows? BAFTAs, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm torn at this point. I'm su- surprised Toy Story 4 has not been able to pick up more wins in terms of the precursor. It's sad, too. That's a great movie all right can you explain this next one to me best casting went to joker now again this is a new award we're really excited about it sure we love the fact that it's out there we hope the academy goes this direction we don't get these nominees or this winner joker marriage story hollywood personal history of david copperfield and the two popes we of all the you know movies to pick and we had great movies to pick from this year in terms of casting some strange choices that really worked some uh you know some independent films casting some great talent some some new talent being introduced to us what are the merits of this award we don't yeah, get it we're gonna have to get a casting director on here that's what i would kind of like to hear what is what is this award based on because yeah. if it's based on getting the highest quality actor for all your leading parts or all your parts up and down the card I don't think it would be Joker to win, but if it's based on you have a movie that's centered around one or two people and everybody in the smaller roles is somewhat notable and does a fine job, sure, I could see the case being made for Joker. I still wouldn't pick it out of this field, but... I, yeah, I would like to know what this award is more based off of. Is it based on the actual casting directors themselves and like news and information that they give the voting body? I don't know. So, like, Marriage Story makes sense to me, but those are like no brainers. I would say, because they're all huge stars in their own right. Something like The Irishman, which had to cast a bajillion roles. Uh, Dolomite Is My Name, another movie Mm -hmm. about making of a movie, having to cast a billion roles, discovering new talents like Divine Joy Randolph. I I figured that would be more of the nominee for these categories. Or even like, if you have the two popes, if it is based on getting the most efficient casting out of the roles you have, that movie is two roles, and they did two acting nominee, Oscar nominees in both roles. Under Pain of Death, if we're being tortured to death, (laughs) name a a third cast member of the two popes. Right, That's, that's so I don't know what this is based off you're absolutely right that's a great point so kill me is what i'm saying (laughs) we would be done for we would be done for mike the ee rising star went to michael ward of top boy aquafina jack loden from fighting with my family caitlin dever of booksmart kelvin harrison jr they were the other nominees michael ward top boy we have not seen that movie yet we're gonna have to get our hands on it this sounds like an inside job. God bless He's Michael very Ward British. and good job and, and, and good for you for winning. But this category was loaded and I would not have picked him given five guesses. 
did he just become the star this year? Yeah. And Kelvin Harrison Jr. and Caitlin Dever and Jack Loden and Aquafina did stuff last year. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, what are we what are we voting on here? Because Aquafina is probably the front runner. Caitlin Dever is probably up there. Kelvin Harrison up there. Aquafina didn't show up. I wonder yeah, if maybe that it's mattered. that type of thing. So uh, it would be nice to have a little clarity. I think because the Oscars have been at the forefront of the awards year and the culmination and the big one for so many years, almost 100 mm-hmm. years they've been around, we kind of have worked out in our heads at least if we've never gotten actual clarity about what these categories mean. We've at least been kind of, we have the history to reflect on. Because the Bathurst have kind of shifted as far as what their purpose is and what they're doing and where they fit into award season, and they have new categories now that they are introducing just in the past few years alone. We'd like a little clarity on it. I don't think that's asking too much. We got to read more, I think, yeah. bottom line. Ah. But yeah, we, we, we also need to uh, talk to some inside yeah. people, I guess. Outstanding British film, like I said, went to 1917. And then the outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer went to Bait. Beating out for Sama. Again, I'm surprised Forsama only won a single award yeah. on the night. I figured they were going to win at least two, and that didn't happen. If you type in Michael Ward to Google, the first person that comes up is a character actor that died in 1978. And yet, this man is the rising star. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> He's not the rising star in terms of... Uh, Google. Google. <laughs> Google does not see it that way. I bet if I type in Aquafina... we got to see his film. And yeah, I'm not trying to, to sure discredit the terrific. guy. It's a big moment, and congratulations to him. We have praised the other four nominees it's ad nauseum. It's a good point. Aquafina is... My argument our... would be we praise them for a reason. You right, know? exactly. So, yeah. So, the BAFTAs are in the rear view, and they did set the table, and they did what they have been doing at least the last couple decades as a nice little precursor for the academy awards and we can kind of see what's going to happen but we still have to go through not only what we think the best of the year are that's going to be coming up in the mike mike and oscars oh, yeah. award show this week we have to go through our gambling previews and prediction episode where we will be giving our official picks for what happens this sunday at the academy awards yes, sir as well as we have some interviews lined up we have uh, another familiar face that uh, is a big favorite of ours coming back to give kind of the final words on all things oscars leading into the show we will have our indie spirit wrap up and give you the last look at all kinds of news and stuff and then leaving out of the oscars we got some more fun surprises and guests for you guys lined up so that is what you have to look forward to for us this week at some point like around the 13th i'm gonna take a nap that's how i'm gonna celebrate (laughs) this all being over and i can't wait for that to come but until then there's much work to be done uh we always want to hear from you leading into this oscars week as we kick it off here with this episode we want to hear your thoughts comments questions concerns about the baftas about the wgas about the guild awards that we just covered in this episode as well and about anything else we've done here in the mmo empire you can leave us those at mike mike and oscar on facebook mike mike and oscar on instagram at mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available everywhere you hear podcasts including and especially apple podcasts and if you happen to own an iphone or use apple podcasts if you would not mind going on the search typing in mike mike and oscar tapping on our cartoon faces waving back at you that is our logo and leaving us a five-star review for all the work that we have put in for the last couple months because we're very we a, tired. We got a lot of stuff out there, and we loved our uh, category overview series. Yes. We had uh, six guests out of those seven episodes, the seventh episode. Cannot thank all of them enough. Yeah, the, the, the seventh episode was fun, too, because you had a unique freakout. You had <laughs> one of the all-time MMO rants. Yeah. It was out there. Yeah, I lost uh, my mind a little bit. Yeah. That Netflix movie lost its body. I lost my head. (laughs) 
<laughs> so all seven episodes appointment viewing uh, for this final week here. So go back to those as well. What else we got, Mike, coming up? And what are some words of wisdom to get out on? Well, we will be broadcasting on Oscar night yeah. to take it a little further. And we'll be getting that out ASAP, staying up <laughs> to the ungodly hour. But we're going to have this, you know, reserved Oscar party, which is really just two of us and two of our brothers <laughs> You know, eating copious amounts of bad sugars and carbs, probably, and crashing right before we hit record, <laughs> as usually, is tradition. Usually, but we'll be doing that on Oscar night. We'll be live tweeting and having fun there at MM and Oscar, like you said. On yeah, Twitter. we'll be online all night there. We'll be having a special guest to go over the Oscars aftermath, so we're excited about that Very as funny. well. And MMOW will finally be getting an MMOW out at some point over the next year. That's right. Hopefully, over the next two weeks. Better be the greatest six degrees. Of it's ever. already written. It's already written. People have already come up with great responses to that seagull-based MMO. Six degrees of MMO. I forgot about that. It's really funny. They did a great job. If you have any last-minute submissions there, you have a lot of minutes to submit them still because we're pro- that's probably the end of next week that we'll record that. But if for. you do have last-minute submissions for the Mike, Mike, and Oz, because we've had a lot of great categories come out in the last I need this it, week, ASAP, especially. Yes, but we need those. Yeah, pretty much at the end of the day today. Uh, we, we're going to need those those Mike, Mike, and Oscars categories. So like we said, I've been saying, anything you want us to give out the quote-unquote award for, you can even give us the nominees. The categories can be as sane or as zany as you want. But let us know, let us know those. Nose is a part of my face. Michael, what do we have for words of wisdom? Well, it's unwise to put the Baptists up against the Super Bowl. What were they thinking? We I didn't talk about that. I couldn't believe that. that. I don't understand that decision. Did they draw the short straw? Did they? Are they that desperate to be before the Academy Awards? Or did the Academy ask them to go before? I, I mean, that's just... In the past, going through the history and going over these stats, they have gone after sure. the, the Academy yeah. Awards many a times. I wonder if that is a, a, a worse alternative than going head-to-head with the Super Bowl in terms of their ratings. Who? Nobody other than like this space must have watched that. Because everybody's dead or watching the fourth quarter and of the Super even Bowl. even our space is probably yeah. watching the Super Bowl right. and then DVR exactly. the Baptist, which is exactly what you and I did. Yeah. I, I uh, Odd decision. We'd no offense to, have... to everybody. No, look, yeah, I mean, well, look if you wondering. don't watch Super Bowl, that's cool. You had a great alternative because it was a really fun show. There were some funny jokes being made. And the, by the way, the red carpet at Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. Might be the coolest red carpet going. You think so? My God, it's the, you're walking up the staircase. I am blown away. Like I would just be like, <gasps> if I ever were to see that, I would be like Rudy's father and Rudy. Just Rudy's these eyes. Father. This is the most beautiful sight these old eyes have ever seen. Well, I guess that'll do for words of wisdom today. Guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch these movies, these award shows, and get ready for Oscars week with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you a lot of times this week. (laughs) See ya.